Stinging waves, fox spear, lock is action, very weird. Captain Pike, Cisco's wife, Klingons and the afterlife. Boimler, Tendi's dog, Ransom is very harsh. Four drive, black alert, Giorgio has gone berserk. Beat your bad left, Edward is an idiot, Fuck is dead, Wolf is wed, Chekhov's wearing red. Data's cat, Kempex cat, Q has had enough of that. Beam me up, make it so, everybody let's go. We are Well, good evening, Trekkies and Trekkers around the globe. It's Monday night, and it's time for one of our special shows. And tonight, I've got a really good one for you guys. You've heard me talk about Fandom Fest in the past, and you've heard me bring it up more recently well we've got a real real pleasant surprise for you guys tonight we have mike mccord who works on fandom fest he's one of the great people that brings this awesome convention to us and he's with us live right now on the line if you have any questions that's or comments, me if you'd like to yes if you'd like to talk to mike if you have any questions about fandom fest you can call us live right now at 646 Six six eight two four three three, and I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim, and I'll be flying solo tonight as my truck spurts are all busy. But that's okay because Mike and I have a lot to talk about. Now, uh, welcome back to the podcast, Mike. I believe this is what your second time with us. My, is my second appearance. I'm very excited, and I will also. And I have watched. So much Star Trek in the last year, Jim, just to be ready. Well, I mean, I was a fan of Star Trek anyway. But in addition to that, to be ready for this conversation. Uh, Well, um, I have to admit, um, we play our theme song at the beginning of each podcast, but there was a a different promo that I wanted to play to start off the podcast. Um, But I didn't get it uploaded to our website in time, so I apologize for that. Uh, this is a spot that we're going to be playing on our podcast from now until Fandom Fest. And this, of course, is the Fandom Fest spot. Fandom Fest is back at Proctor's August 26th and 27th. Featuring your favorite celebrities like Keith David, Alan Tudyk, and Todd Haberkorn. Join the cosplay contest. Shop the vendor hall. Feast your eyes on the awesome vehicles in the Geek Garage. And join in on a medieval adventure in the Dragon Dungeon. Fandom Fest has something for everyone. Come get your geek on at Fandom Fest, August 26th and 27th. Passes on sale now, starting at $35. Get yours today at FandomFest.org. Okay, that's the spot I wanted to play at the top of the show, but I didn't get it uploaded in time, so I apologize for that. But at least we got it in there, right? I, I think it's great. Can I, I'm going to tell you a true story about the guy who does the voice of that. Hand to God, his name, Stephen King. Not the author. No. In fact, it's, it's that's Steve King. He's a, he's a hell of a guy. We love that guy. Uh, he's been in radio for decades. Uh, he's come to Proctor's in the last year. Uh, he's in our marketing department, just the nicest guy ever. And yeah, and his name is Steve, is Steve King. In fact, here's the great thing about Steve King. His daughter lives and works in LA. She works as a special effects artist. Uh, so she works for a company that makes all sorts of, you know, you know, uh, prosthetics and molds and, you know, does sort of that gory um, uh, makeup work for, you know, you know, cop procedurals and things like that. So her name is Delaney. Delaney is going to be at Fandom Fest. Delaney is going to uh, is going to put her one of her best friends into costume. We're going to do a time lapse video of Delaney putting this guy into costume. So you're going to see this this person go from you know sort of mild mannered you know man about town to uh, an orc by the end of the first day. So we're very wow. excited to have Delaney as a part of this, yeah. 
before we dive in and talk about the awesomeness, which is Fandom Fest 2023, uh, let's revisit last year a little bit for those fans who are listening who may have missed last year's Fandom Fest, although I can't imagine why you would have. Um, so I just wanted to say that one of the things that I really enjoyed about it, first of all, is air conditioned. Um, I can't yeah. tell yeah, you. We do have that. We're, Wearing a rubber Klingon head all day uh, without air conditioning is a killer, but Proctor's is completely air conditioned. I mean, Jim, we've all been all of it. We've, we've all had the experience of wearing the rubber Klingon makeup, and, yeah, you know, I get it. I absolutely get it. So uh, that was a huge plus. And something that my wife uh, mentioned that she was really fond of is the fact that bathrooms are not a problem. There's bathrooms around every corner it seems so you know that's nice because i can't tell you how many times i went to a convention and i had to stand online between darth vader and stormtroopers and gorns and captain america to use a urinal um over at, at phantom fest there's like bathrooms upstairs downstairs they're all over the place you never have to uh, wait we, we so have that's we're that's huge we're very proud we're we're very proud to be the Comic-Con in the United States with the highest per capita bathroom rate. We're very pleased about that. And that's that's a big issue. Uh, something else that I thought was really great was that you guys had food truck right outside the back door. And I can't tell you how many conventions I've been to where you have to get in your car and drive somewhere to get something to eat. That's not the case with Fandom Fest. You just walk right out the back door. It was excellent. That's, I, I was very impressed. We've actually we've expanded that a little bit this year. So one of our big hits last year was um, there's a very famous hot dog stand actually in Schenectady called um, called Mike's Famous Hot Dogs. So we have we have Mike's on a roll. That's their food truck. So Mike's is going to be there again. We're going to have Bountiful Bread, which is a, a, a sandwich shop that is uh, – they bake all of their own bread every day. Um, Bountiful Bread's great. They're going to be at our cafe. We're going to have Restaurant Navona. They're bringing their food truck. They're going to have street tacos, street corn uh, all day Saturday. Uh, we're going to have uh, Ben & Jerry's is going to be there. Uh, Motor Oil Coffee, Barton Baker Pastries. I mean – We've really got we've got a we've got a whole. I mean, listen. If, if you're hungry, we're gonna we're gonna take care of you. And Mike's Michigan Hots are some of the best the best hot dog you're ever gonna have. Absolutely, I can tell you. They got that little shop right right down on Erie Boulevard by the bowling alley. Still there? Yeah, isn't it? Oh, it's yeah. absolutely still there. Listen. Listen, I mean, I mean, uh, soup to nuts, pickle pancakes—they got it all, Jim. They're just—they're doing great. I that when I used to live there, we used to go—we'd go bowling, and we go get Mike's Michigan Hots right next door back in the day. So I'm glad they're still there. So another thing about Fandom Fest that you guys need to know is the convenient, easy, free parking that's there. The fact that it's in downtown Schenectady, don't let that sway you in any way, shape, or form because directly behind Proctor's, uh, we're all, well, behind the food trucks, actually, because you're going to have the food trucks in the same location, I assume? Yeah, we are, yeah. Yeah, right behind the building, yep. you sure? Yep, so right behind the food truck, there's ample parking. So you don't have to drive around trying to find a place to park. There's plenty of parking right behind Proctors, which is another huge plus in my book. Yeah, we've so, got we've got a couple of lots right behind Proctors. There's a whole parking, a five-story parking garage. I mean, you're, we're, we have uh, here. Here's here was sort of our philosophy. You know, we we have so we do Broadway. That's really that's our biggest business, right? We we are a Broadway touring house. Lion King, Disney's Lion King is at Proctors right now. Um, you know, we are we, we do this day in, day out, bring 2,500 people into that theater, you know, eight times a week. And uh, so, so we, have, we have the infrastructure that a lot, of the, uh, a lot of other cons don't have. You know, convention centers are great, but we are – the whole building was designed to bring as many people into that building as we can. So, yeah, we, we really 
we feel like we're, we're very fortunate because we feel like we're able to make it very easy for people to get into the building every day. And another thing that, that I really liked about it was that there was a lot of movement. There was a lot of places. You weren't stuck in one giant ballroom all day. Um, there was, the what, the Geek Garage, which was really yep. cool. Um, and th- there was the downstairs uh, Dungeons games. I forgot what you guys called it. but uh, The, the um, Dragon Dungeon, yep. We, we could play, you, yep. you, we've got uh, role-playing games, we've got board games, all sorts of stuff, sure. That that was awesome. And you guys even had, I even played a little bit of Pac-Man and Asteroids last year in the arcade. Yes. So so we call the main hallway at Proctor's an arcade. You know, it's an old-fashioned term. So just off of the arcade, we have a video arcade, which we have cleverly named the Arcade Arcade. So uh, the Arcade Arcade is coming back. We're going to have uh, uh, ten full si- at least ten full-size uh, arcade games. Um, I can't tell you what they're going to be. It's a big secret. But we're going to have uh, ten full-size arcade games. You're going to walk past the past the arcade arcade that's going to take you right into our vendor hall we're very excited about our vendor hall this year last year i think we had 55 56 vendors uh total uh this year we are we're pushing 90 vendors we've actually run out of room uh, my co-executive producer and i uh, jess jess camaris jess and i had to walk around the building trying to find new places where we could fit six-foot tables and try to find more more space for vendors. So it's really – we're it's it's going to be pretty great. We're, we're very excited just to see, you know, what, what our vendors are going to bring, what our uh, what our patrons are going to, are going to look for. We're, we're very excited about it. Now, upstairs, um, uh, truck talking, we had a table right in the hallway across from the food. But right above us, directly above me, there was a wax museum. Well, I don't want to use the word wax museum, but uh, there was a guy that had figures of like the Terminator and Gremlins and different things that you could get pictures with. Um, yeah, is, is that is that going to be there again? That Hollywood museum, he, or he, I forget. He was so popular that actually we we couldn't book him this year. He was already booked, so we're we're not going to have that this year. However. We are finding uh, we're actually we're able to add more panels this year um, in lieu of of having those those wax figures. But I will tell you that if you're in town uh, and you're going to the Phantom Fest, um, make your way over to the Rotterdam Mall, which is only you know five ten minutes away, because that guy uh, his name is Daniel Fay. Uh, he owns Sassy Satellite, which is a, a collectible um, collectible you know uh, company. Uh, they have a whole museum now, uh, sort of inspired by what they did at Fandom Fest. So we're, we're, we're really excited for Daniel and for his son, Max, who run that shop. Um, but, yeah, we, could, we couldn't book them. They were too popular. Now, uh, not to change topics just a tiny, tiny bit, but you brought it up. Um, at the Rotterdam Square Mall, do they still have the aquarium there and the dinosaur show? So they have the aquarium, the dinosaur show. Uh, Now, here's the thing. I'm not prepared to talk about what it is because I don't remember, but I do know that the dinosaur show has has moved on. They have something else, but I can't tell you what it is, Jim, and I'm a bad bad interviewee, and I'm sorry for that. But the aquarium is absolutely there. I have a six-year-old son. His name is Sam. Sam loves that aquarium. It is, uh, it's a really, it's really, really great. It's, uh, you know, we're, we're very fortunate to be where we are in the capital region and in Schenectady because, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I've saved New York. It's kind of backwater. But I'll tell you, we've got some really impressive stuff. We've got some really great, uh, some great sites, you know, some great attractions. Uh, we're very, very fortunate. And and the, the Via Aquarium is just one example of those things. Well, I when I, I, came, I came back to visit my parents when we went to Phantom Fest last year, and I had to go check out the aquarium, and they had a stingray tank, and you could they had this one giant stingray that would actually come right up out of the water, and you could actually touch his back while you were feeding him. It was just incredible. I had I enjoyed it so much. So 
if you're going to be at Fandom Fest, if you're coming from out of town and you're coming to Fandom Fest, leave some room to head over to the Rotterdam Square Mall and check it out. You won't be disappointed. There's, Absolutely. Like Mike said, there's so much in that area to see. That's true. And I'll tell you, and, like and a six-year-old guy. Sam McCord. He, well, that's right. No, listen, this is what we do. Six-year-old Sam McCord, he is a, he is a big proponent of that, that Stingray. Uh, at one point, he told me that that was his Stingray. I tried to, uh, you know, disabuse him of that notion, but he wouldn't have it. That's, uh, so you can go over and visit my son's Stingray. That's what you can do. There's so much great stuff to do when you're at Fandom Fest. So you can make a whole mini vacation while you're down there. But, you know, I definitely Absolutely. want to check it out. And uh, let me see, what else did we really like last year? Uh, there was the, the cosplay last year was really great. Um, some great we've costumes. Got, we've got a lot of our cosplay. Our cosplay judges are coming back. Uh, Magical Lee is be, uh, uh, he's been just a fantastic, uh, fantastic you know, collaborator, uh, just super supportive. Uh, Magical Lee is going to be one of our cosplay judges. Um, we're excited to have him back. Um, you know, it's what's what surprised me. You know. Um, my uh, my there was a, a former coworker of mine. His name is Sal, and Fanifest is really Sal's original idea. Sal came to me and said, "Hey, what about this thing?" And I said, "I think that's great. You should do it." And then Sal had to go and get a better job over in New Hampshire. Um, but you know, Sal and I had talked about what what Fanifest could be, how we could really um, you know make it uh, make it something that would really work for the capital region. And the thing that has surprised me time and time again is the the resources that that we have found in the capital region you know right in schenectady we have a company it's called the costumer the costumer has been in business for more than a hundred years they do more costumes for high school musicals than, than i think any other company maybe maybe nationwide i mean these people have i mean they're they're incredible you know they it's not these are not you know, DIY, uh, you know, low-value low costumes. These are, these are high-quality costumes that these guys put together. And, you know, you can call them up and they'll, you know, costume your entire cast. That's right in Schenectady. You know, I mean, these, these people are building Broadway-level costumes right in Schenectady, a, a five-minute walk from Proctor's. I mean, it's really, we're very fortunate to be where we are. Uh, you know, we feel like, all of the, all of the, the you know, the, the different pieces of the puzzle are sort of coalesced to really make Phantom Fest something special. And another thing that I want to mention to our listeners is they really develop that stretch of Erie Boulevard from around Proctor's right down to like, um, like past Burger King area. They put up a lot of street lights and a lot. It's, really, really nice in that area now, leading down to the casino. Absolutely. Yeah, we're also fortunate because Rivers Casino is right in town. I mean, that's a pretty big investment in New York State. So, you know, the state believes in Schenectady. Uh, and, and, you know, Schenectady, of course, it has a history, right? I mean, we were the, the original corporate headquarters for the General Electric Company. You know, Thomas Edison literally got off a train in Schenectady looked at this empty plot of land and said, this is where I'm going to build this company. Uh, so the GE, the original GE factory is still in town. We still have thousands of people yep. who work for GE right in town. Um, you know, Schenectady, we, we had a moment, you know, probably in the, in, you know, in the 80s, in the 90s, early 2000s, Schenectady was looking a little rough, but we really turned it around. I mean, it's a really, it's an incredible town. I, I feel very fortunate to, to live in Schenectady, to work in Schenectady. It's really great. I lived there and worked there for most of my life as well, so that's pretty cool. And if you're listening to the sound of my voice and you want to go to Phantom Fest and you want to visit Schenectady, guess what? Amtrak has a stop, like almost right across the street from Proctor's. Not it's a it's a five minute walk, Jim. Five minute walk. Yep. Timed it. it. It's right there, so you can hop a train and you can be right there. So it's very conveniently located easy to get to if you're traveling so that's a huge plus as well i know i've taken that train out of schenectady before go down to see mets games down in new york so i know the train right there so there's so much to offer um 
I can't say enough good about it. So let's let's go back to Fandom Fest and uh, talk a little bit about the Geek Garage. Um, you're going to have that back again this year? The Geek Garage is coming back. Absolutely. Uh, we that, have uh, we have some, cool. some really great cars this year. Uh, we have the station wagon from National Lampoon's Vacation. It's going to be there. Kit, the wow. Night Industries 2000, will be there. Oh, man, the I love bat- Kit car. Oh, it's great. It's great. The the Bat Boat from the 1966 Batman, you know, the Adam West Batman series, Bat Boat's going to be there. Uh, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have Captain Kirk's. No, I know you like this, Jim. We're gonna have Captain Kirk's command chair from the original USS Enterprise NCC 1701. Wow! So you're your, you can get your picture taken right in Captain Kirk's chair. And and entering wow. in to the Geek Garage this year, uh, if you are a fan of Doctor Who, you're literally gonna walk into Doctor Who's TARDIS to get into the Geek Garage this year. Wow, that sounds awesome. That sounds great. I I was at a convention uh, in Long Island, and they had a captain's chair there, and I was dressed up as a Klingon, oh, of course. I had my bat list, and I was standing in the corner, and every time someone sat in the chair for a picture, I would photobomb them and jump out with my bat list. And nice. Oh, people, people loved it. They loved it. They wanted to get pictures with with the Batlet and with the Klingon and the captain's chair, and it turned out that I wasn't even planning it, but people loved it, so it was it was a lot of fun. So wow, fantastic. that's great. great. That's fantastic. So let's talk or, or let's talk a little bit about some of the artists. I know um, that you have scheduled to be appearing at Phantom Fest this year. Sure, I yeah. know there's quite a few. We have, so we have some great celebrities. Let me talk about some true artists first, uh, in insofar as people who make some visual art. Um, so Ron Mars, who, as it turns out, is a fellow graduate of Kingston High School with me, uh, although he, he predates me by a couple of years. Um, if you have ever read a, a, a DC comic in which Green Lantern was uh, a character named Kyle Rayner, and Kyle Rayner was Green Lantern for quite a number of years, that is the work of Ron Mars. So we're going to have Ron Mars. Uh, he, he most recently, I think, wrote on um, on Diablo 4, I think was his most recent gig that he did, uh, which just came out a couple uh, couple months back. We're going to have Ron Mars. Bart Sears is going to be there. Um, we're going to have Doug Hills. Uh, Doug and Rick Arthur are going to be there. You know, these are people who have been working in the comic industry for literally decades. I had a conversation with Ron as we were trying to book him. You know, I had a Zoom call. Ron was talking about, yeah, you know, I was working with Stan and yada, yada, yada. He was telling me the story about Stan. And about halfway through the story, I realized, oh, man, he's he's talking about Stan Lee. He knows Stan Lee well enough to refer to Stan Lee as Stan. So that's, uh, wow. that's pretty exciting. We're very excited to have these guys. Uh, we're actually going to have a panel with um, uh, with. We've got uh, we've got a couple of writers, we've got a couple of illustrators, a couple of anchors, and uh, and we're going to have a, a conversation with them about what it takes to go from you know Marvel, DC, whomever they hired me to write a write a comic book, uh, to create a comic book. You know how do we get from you know point A to to the finish line? So we're pretty excited to have those guys uh, those guys come down. Wow, that's impressive. That that is impressive. He knows Stan Lee well enough to call him Stan. Wow. Uh, I'm, right, right. It was crazy. It was very, very exciting. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the panel. Um, I'll start off. I'm going to blow my own horn here for a second here. Um, I'm going to be doing a panel called Star Trek Across the Universe. And although Fandom Fest isn't a Star Trek convention, which the venues I'm used to attending, I'm going to do a basic Star Trek panel. And that's why I called it Star Trek and Across the Universe, just to talk about Star Trek. Star Trek's been around for 58 years. There's a huge plethora for 
information and shows and topics to draw from. And rather than be specific and do Captain Kirk or Discovery or whatever, um, I want to leave it up to you guys. You can pick the topic. I can talk about anything about Star Trek. Um, So we're just going to have some fun Trek talking about Star Trek. Anything that you guys want to talk about, I'm game. And so it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, It's going to be Sunday at 10, I believe, is when it is. That's right. So you you guys can come, and you can meet Uncle Jim in person, and we can just have some fun Trek talking. And you don't have to be a fan. You don't have to know the angle of Spock's ears. You don't have to know how many ridges are on Worf's head, how many bolts are on the Enterprise, where the bathroom is located. You don't have to know any of that. All you need to do is be interested in Star Trek and want to hang out with some fans and talk about it. That's all. Uh, I, there's no judgment. I, for one, would Let's like to know fun. the angle of Spock's ears, frankly. Um, <laughs> do, you, do you actually know the angle of Spock's ears? How many, how many ridges are on Worf's head? I, I came prepared, Jim. I have been watching uh, – I'm, I'm a huge Star Trek fan, huge Star Trek fan. And uh, i got to tell you that season three of Star Trek Picard was everything that I wanted it to be, just unbelievably great. When, when – I mean, can we, can we do spoilers? Am I allowed to do spoilers? Well, yes, absolutely. Okay, so when the Enterprise D came out, when that came back – I literally, I, I called, I called the coworker at Proctor's, my my friend Chris, he's our CFO, and I said, "Have you watched Star Trek Picard yet?" And he goes, "Oh no, no, no. we're gonna, I'm gonna watch it tonight with my wife." And I was like, "I gotta tell you, man, it's not worth it. Forget your wife. Watch the episode now. It's fantastic. It was, <laughs> it was so good." Uh, he he made the wise choice and waited for his wife. Uh, you know, that's why I'm still single. But um, but I'll tell you that. Uh, Strange New Worlds this year has also it, it is just absolutely blown me away. I'm 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 sad that it, we're almost over. We're almost that episode, Strange New Worlds, and um, that last episode, the uh, the subspace rhapsody. Fantastic. I wanted to talk just, to you about. I I wanted I was going to talk to you about that because I'm I'm going to working at Proc figured that would be your thing, and I have to tell you that. Personally, I am not a musical kind of guy. Um, Greek, okay. because I had a crush on Olivia Newton-John, obviously. Who didn't? Um, right. You know, Wizard of Oz, you know, Willy Wonka growing up. But I couldn't name a single song from a single musical. I, it's just not my thing. Well, when I heard they were doing a musical on Star Trek, we talked about it last week on the podcast. A couple of my co-hosts are huge musical fans i'm not i wasn't expecting anything from it i i in fact i was like why are they wasting an episode this is going to be so dumb a musical on star trek but mike have you seen it oh i absolutely have okay then, then oh, i'm not spoiling anything it was one no, of the no, best no. star trek episodes i have ever seen and when the cling end i fell off my chair laughing <sighs> Well, can I tell you? And, and I feel like I feel like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna surprise you with this, Jim. But um, the the guy who played the Klingon commander, yeah, in that episode, he was a returning actor. Yes, he was. That was Bruce Horak. Was. I'm, I'm, and I gotta tell you, I'm looking it up. I, I I wish I knew Bruce's name well enough to get it off the top of my head. But they had Bruce Horak come back. He he was Emmer, uh, obviously yep. uh, last season. Um, it was yep. fantastic. And I, I want to give a special shout-out. Uh, Celia Rose Gooding, who plays Uhura, uh, I I watched that. I went into that show, that particular episode, Cold, and I, and I was watching it going like, man, Uhura can sing. That is really impressive. And I looked her up. Celia Rose, Celia Rose Gooding was in the original cast of, uh, of Jagged Little Pill, which is the Alanis Morissette musical, which was a Broadway darling. We actually had that Proctor's only a couple of months ago. Now, obviously, she wasn't in it. It was a national tour. She's no longer in that cast. But, man, just everybody did an incredible job. It was so much fun to watch that episode. And I really enjoyed it. I've been to, I was 
a detractor before I saw it. But since I have seen it, I've been online defending this episode because I was worried that it was going to be, you know, like, like Greece or Willy Wonka. They were just going to walk around singing about, look at the trees, they're blowing in the wind and this kind of stuff like that. But, but yeah. the premise behind it was so Star Trek. It, it fit, especially when they acknowledged, why are we singing? Right, right, right. As soon as they acknowledged the fact that they were aware that they were singing and didn't know why they were singing, in my mind, it, it was no longer just a musical. There was there was a there was a purpose. There's a reason. And when Absolutely. the Klingons showed up and started singing, I was like, Oh my God, can they make this any better? I absolutely loved it. And if you haven't seen it. If you're a holdout because you don't think a musical would work on Star Trek, you're selling yourself short. It was nothing oh, short. I of absolutely agree. It I, was the, just. I'll tell you the, the greatest, the, the funniest song to me, not the best song, but the funniest song to me, was when Pike and uh, and, and and his captain and girlfriend there, and I can't remember the character's name. Please forgive me. Um, when when they were on the bridge of the Enterprise singing a song that they called A Private Conversation, and it was in yes. front of his entire command crew. Just brilliant. So funny. When he got down on his knee and he's confessing his love to her, and he's like, why am I doing this in front of my crew? <laughs> so great. Absolutely hysterical. So funny. It was wonderful. I I. I I loved it. I've watched it a couple of times already. The soundtrack is already on iTunes. You can pick it up. Oh, it was wonderful. In fact, you guys should have the, the musical of Star Trek at Proctor's. <laughs> Listen, uh, you know it, the moment the moment that the agents reach out and let us know it's available, I'm gonna I'll talk to the powers that be. I'm gonna see if we can book it. But you know, about to, that's a tough get. You know, Star Trek's a popular popular property. It, it was wonderful. I cannot say, I, and I, I was, I was thinking, you know, is that really them singing, or is it, is it being dubbed? But apparently, you know, that was them actually singing those songs, which was even better. You know, it was, it was, it was. so they had a, they, there were a couple of actors who uh, they use a little bit of auto tune. Uh, if you've had a little bit of, tra- I've had a little bit of training, so I can hear the auto tune. Uh, but I got to tell you, Ethan Peck. Uh, he was that was pretty clean. That was pretty much him. Uh, Jess Bush, who plays uh, uh, Nurse Chapel, uh, that was really good. Celia Rose Gooding, who plays Uhura, very good. Um, and uh, and and the woman who plays uh, who plays Laan, uh, Christina Chong, he is actually a recording artist. She was a recording artist before she got to Strange New Worlds. Wow. That's why she sang so good. So, oh, she was great. Absolutely great. And, you know, something else that I I enjoyed about it was if you listened, the lyrics of the songs that they sang, like when Spock did the I'm the X song. um, Yeah. You know, when Jess Bush broke up with Spock and sang the song to him, all the songs that they sang were, like, relevant to – what the character was going through at that particular time, you know, they weren't, they weren't just singing a song, greased lightning or something like that. The the songs actually were very relevant to what was going on at that particular time. And I, I really enjoyed it. It was, I can't say enough good about it. Oh, it it was, it was great. I, 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 there has not been an episode of strange new worlds, you know, and, and of course, musicals are near and dear to my heart as I work at a work at a Broadway theater. But uh, there's not been an episode of Strange New Worlds where I've walked away anything other than excited. Right? I don't even want to say like I wasn't disappointed. That's that's selling it short. I was excited to have watched that episode. Uh, it was just no. Look, I mean, the, the crossover episode with with Lower Decks just hysterical. Oh my God, that was so funny, Jonathan Frakes just. Nailed that one. It was perfect. Two, you know they call him they call him two takes two takes freaks. I, I'm two sure you've heard freaks. that yep. story. Yep. Yeah, he's he's so he was he's an immensely talented director, talented actor, very tall man. 
just no. I, I, I'm so, a, I feel like we're in a golden age of Star Trek, and I feel excited to be a part of it. I, let me ask you a question, Mike. As um, I, like I, I already told you, I, I'm not a musical uh, uh, buff by any means. The only three I really know are the three I mentioned. So, sure. based on your 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 expertise and knowledge of musicals, not as a Star Trek episode, but as a musical, how well did they pull off Strange New Worlds, the musical, in your opinion? I think they, they nailed it, right? I mean, and of course, the brilliance of it was they used that the sort of classical musical convention as a, as a plot device, right? There's, there's this idea in musicals that's called, the, the, there's always a song called Where Am I Going? Um, and that, that's the spirit of the song, right? Why is the character going to go from wherever they start at the top of the first act to wherever they're going to end at the end of the second act? There's always a song that kind of outlines that journey. And in this episode, they, they literally use as a plot device, we, why is everyone just sort of disclosing their deepest, darkest emotional secrets, right? And that's really what, a, what most musicals do, right? You've, you've got your story, and then a lot of times, like, reality sort of suspends for a moment, and and you're hearing basically you're hearing the character's inner monologue, but of course in this episode, you're still hearing their inner monologue, but it, you're also understanding that it's that's being said out loud, <laughs> you know. So so when when Spock is uh, you know is, is sort of you know opening up his heart about being the ex and how heartbroken he is, and you know and 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 um, you know and Ohura is is, you know, is sort of showing her, you know, her whole insecurities about whether or not she's capable of doing what she's doing. In a traditional stage musical, that, that happens sort of separate from reality. But in this, it's happening within reality, and they work it out of a plot, which is just a stroke of brilliance, frankly. I, you, you know, you, you, you've said it perfect. That's what I keep telling people. It, you need to watch it because of the way they did it. To me, I'll tell you honestly, when I watched it, I didn't feel, I didn't think I was watching uh, Star Trek the musical, but I was watching a Star Trek episode with music because Absolutely. of the way they, the way they worked it in. And to hear Spock singing about his emotions, that's a pretty big step for that character. Right. I'm, well, and that's, of course, that to me is the brilliance of it, right? Like, to, to have a character that is, you know, famously absent emotion, you know, I mean, you only you only see Spock uh, exhibit emotion in the most extreme circumstances, you know, he's, he's in the middle of Ponfar, you know, whatever it is, and, and, and that's when you see Spock really kind of let go. But in this, because again, reality suspends so he's able to be more emotive without betraying what that character is. Uh, it's just it's just fantastic. And Ethan Peck is a fantastic actor. He nailed it. I mean, listen, he he comes from some good stock, you know. I mean, his grandfather is Gregory Peck, so you know you really can't go wrong with one of the Peck boys as a, as an actor in your show. No, he, that 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 episode, I, I highly recommend it to anybody. But um, let, let's let's so you're going to have the captain's chair and Uncle Jim's going to be there. Um, I'm also going to be a Klingon, so you guys can stop yep. by and get a picture and 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 uh, touch my bat list if you want to. So we're going to have some fun with that. Um, so let's talk about some of the the talent that you guys are bringing into town for Fandom Fest. We've we've really lucked out. Now I, uh, we have uh, we have Alan Tudyk. And Summer Glau. And, oh my God! Uh, I'm so, so excited. So right. So now here's the thing, Jim. So I don't know if you heard. There's a little bit of a little bit of a kerfuffle uh, with uh, with some of the actors and some of the studios. There's a little bit of a strike going on. So I, was, I wanted Phantom to ask Fest, you about that. Yeah. I was going to bring that we, up. We at Phantom Fest are we are absolutely on the side of the performers. Uh, we, we support the folks in SAG-AFTRA. We think that 
I mean, listen, we, we all survived, amongst other things, we all survived a global pandemic in which we were all, you know, obsessively watching every streaming service and cable service available. I mean, those actors really got us through some, some, pretty, some pretty rough times. Uh, we are very, we are very excited to support those actors. So I'm a little bit limited in the things that I'm able to really talk about. I mean, I could tell you that, that Summer Glau and Alan Tudyk are incredible actors. They've been in shows and movies together. I recommend that you go to IMDb and look them up and figure out what shows those are. Um, we are we're going to follow the rules that uh, that SAG-AFTRA has, uh, has encouraged us to follow. So... Um, Alan and Summer and Todd Habercorn, Keone Young. Um, we've got uh, we've got Adrian Paul. We've got some really great, really great performers that are going to be there. Uh, we're going to leave it up to them to talk about what they're willing to talk about. But for us, we're going to uh, we're going to respect what's going on with the SAG-AFTRA. We're going to support those actors. Uh, we're just excited that these folks are still coming. Um, you know, we've talked to all their agents. We've you know, we, we know the sort of the parameters under which we need to operate, and we're, we're ready to go. We're excited to support everybody as, as, in any way we can. Fans that are listening that might not be aware of, of what Mike is talking about, um, there's a lot of restrictions because of the strike that are on some of the actors. And uh, the way I understand it from conventions I've been to, during this strike, um, the actors will sign anything that a fan brings to them. They they yes. they will not refuse to sign your picture, uh, you know, of K2SO or whatever, um, because they're still actors, you're still fans. So if you bring something to them, they will more than happily sign it for you. So um, that is my keep that in mind. Absolutely. Okay, if you have your favorite picture, your favorite poster, um, you're going to want to bring that with you. They will sign it. Um, as far as what's available, I'm talking about Star Trek conventions. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure that it's the same here. Um, when you go to a Star Trek convention, for instance, and uh, William Shatner is there, uh, or Doug Jones is there, the only pictures that they are allowed to sell on their table are headshots of themselves and not of the character. So if you want to go That's to correct. say uh, to to uh, Alan's table and you want to get a picture of K2SO, you won't be able to. Um, and again, Mike was perfect when he said it. This is because of the strike. It, it's not anything personal uh, against the fans. Um, uh, nothing like that. So. Please be prepared and bring stuff with you because they'll be more than happy to sign your Firefly pictures or your Terminator pictures. They just won't have them available on their table. So I I wanted to get that out there to you guys. That's the way their Star Trek conventions are. And I'm pretty sure these guys are members of the guild, so they're pretty much operating under the same rules, right? That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, uh, so what we've what we've talked with uh, with the talent about is that, uh, you know, as as much as we can. Of course, we were you know we we're advertising all these great shows and movies that they've been in. The strike happened, so now we're trying. We, we've gone back and we've sort of amended all of our marketing materials, try to remove some of that some of that reference. Um, uh, the actors, uh, um, as far as the union is concerned, they cannot promote work that was created under the most recent or any past SAG after contract, uh, which is which is fine because you know what these people are I mean they're they are more than they are more than their career. I mean, you know, Alan Tudyk is a is a Juilliard trained actor. I mean so we have a lot of stuff that we can talk with. But I but I will tell you that one of the things we're most we're most excited to support these folks about you know there are there are 160,000 people, a little more than that, who are a member who are members of SAG-AFTRA. Now, in order to qualify for health insurance through the Actors Union, you have to gross $26,000 a year. 
So of the 160,000 people that are in the Actors Union, 20,000 of them make $26,000 a year or more. So that's a that's a something like you know 12, 13 percent of people or something like that. And if you do the math, twenty six thousand dollars a year works out to be twelve and a half dollars an hour. That is not that much money. Then when you factor in state and federal taxes and union dues and paying for that health insurance and paying your agent on twenty six thousand dollars, you're talking about maybe ten thousand dollars in your pocket. So. Really what these folks are fighting for uh, is uh, is a living wage. And I think that most people can agree that making $10,000 a year would not be considered a living wage. So uh, well, we believe in what they're doing. We're, we're very supportive of them, and, and, and we hope this all works out for uh, for the folks in the SAG-AFTRA union. I, I think that a lot of fans, a lot of the fans I talk to on this podcast and on the Facebook page, um, they don't understand what it's all about and when they think about actors you know they're thinking about Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee Curtis and Sylvester Stallone you know when you you hear these people are making hundreds and millions of dollars and those are the ones that you think of Tom Cruise but what people don't realize is you know when Tom Cruise is in a movie yeah he's the top billing guy but what about the guy when he walks into the restaurant and orders his food, what about that actor that takes his order? What about the actor yeah. that there's a lot of other people that go into a movie besides Tom Cruise, and these are the people that are being affected the most, not Tom Cruise and Sylvester Stallone. They're they're in a different league. We're talking your basic yeah. working class people like you and I. Right. I, I would know. recommend, you know, if you're, I would recommend your listeners check out. There, there's a group of actors. Uh, there's, I, I want to say there's 10, maybe 10 of them. I know George Clooney's on the list. I know Oprah Winfrey's on the list. I mean, these are people who have really had some pretty spectacular careers. And these folks have donated a million dollars apiece back to the union so that the union during the strike can continue to support its most vulnerable members. Um, you know, so this is really even the folks who are, you know, in the in the top one percent, as as one might say, you know, these people they're not fighting for themselves. To your point, Jim, they're really fighting for, you know, for the folks who are you know, putting ten grand in their pocket every year, you know, or less, because you know, it's the vast majority of people in that union don't earn enough to even qualify for health insurance let alone a living wage. You know, and I don't know if you realize, I don't know if you've heard this, Jim, but California, not an inexpensive place to live. So No, not at all. And yeah, right. uh, something right. else, I, I, I'm sure that these guys are the same, but um, when you go to a Star Trek convention, when you go up to the table to get an autograph, um, they're more than happy to, to talk to you one-on-one and, and with you personally because that's a personal conversation um but at a panel that's pub considered public uh it's it's a different situation so for instance if you wanted to yeah, talk right. to alan about uh how he did k2so at a normal convention you would ask that at the panel but now they're asking not to do that because it's considered a public appearance. And if you want to know what how Alan did K2SO, ask him on the autograph table one-on-one, because that's considered a personal conversation. So, um, right. so bear that exactly in mind, right. you know, as well. Yeah, we're going to have so, moderators as well on, on all of our panels. We're going to be, you know, we're, we're working with our moderators and making sure that they're well-informed about what the rules are, what the limitations are trying to find, you know, gentle ways to redirect those conversations. If, you know, if one of the, one of the, uh, one of the, um, uh, the con goers just sort of, you know, forgets for a moment what, what our limitations are, um, you know, we, I also want to say, because we don't, we don't really know, you know, what's going to happen at those tables. We also want people to understand that, you know, depending on that actor's, you know, personal preferences, maybe they don't want to chat about these things at the table. And, you know, and again, we're going to find very gentle, very sort of loving ways to to redirect things if uh, if we need to. But 
but the reality is, and so I, I alluded to this before, you know, Alan and Summer and Todd Habercorn and Dave and Adrian, I mean, these people have really accomplished incredible things. And if you really stop and think about it for a moment, you can find some, some pretty interesting, pretty compelling questions to ask them that are not, what was it like to be on Firefly? You know, I'm sure that there's some great stories about being on Firefly, but I, I think that there's something to be said for the journey that brought all of these actors to the place where they are. You know, the, the actors that we have coming to Fandom Fest, we're, we feel very fortunate because these are folks that are generally not struggling with, you know, $26,000 a year. These, these folks, generally speaking, are probably earning more than that. These are people who have been very successful and, and based on the numbers are, are, you know, atypically successful. You know, they've been in dozens of shows and, you know, tens of movies and things like that. And, and you know, there's, there's a lot of, lot of really fun conversations to be had while also respecting the fact that these people are standing up for other people in their industry and really trying to find a way to make these people, um, you know, sort of solvent and make sure they have a living wage. Exactly. So when you go to the convention, um, don't get upset at Fandom Fest or Summer Glow, uh, or, and, or because it's. It, the, I think that Mike said this is important, and I think we all need to respect it. So just bear that in mind while you're there, okay? And and please bring your own photos, and and that will yeah. solve a lot of problems for you. Um, I, at least I know at Star Trek conventions they're doing that. I'm assuming they're doing that here too. Yes, I absolutely. would assume. Yeah. So, so yeah, well, if well, you bring a Firefly poster by, our, by the actors' agent, yeah, yep, they'll they'll sign a Firefly poster for you if you bring it, or a Resident Alien poster or whatever. Uh, they'll be more than happy. So before we run out of t- wow, Mike, we're flying right by. Um, are there still going to be photo ops? at the convention or well as well or is that um that's still happening right absolutely yeah we have uh summer and alan specifically they have um they so if you look at our schedule there are specific times to get photos taken with them uh separate from the photos taken with them because they don't they would rather not do selfies so we have professional photographers who are going to take pictures of you and alan tudyk or summer glow um and then we will also have them at a table where they can sign those photos that you could take in or sign, you know, the Firefly or Serenity DVDs or anything that you want to bring to uh, to the table. Um, so we'll have lots and lots and lots of opportunities for these folks to, uh, uh, you know, for you to chat with them, for them to sign the things that you'd like them to sign. I'd recommend you all go to fanfest.org. Certainly that's the best place to get tickets. But you can also, uh, you know, you can look at what the schedules are. You can look at what uh, some of the pricing is for, uh, for some of the the autographs. I don't think all of the pricing has been posted yet. We're still waiting to hear back from uh, from their representation on a couple of those things. But as soon as we have it, we're going to put it up on the website. We're going to let you know way ahead of time. Um, you know, we're just we're we're really excited. This is only our second year. You know, and and last year it was a lot of like, you know, oh gosh, I hope we don't mess this up. And, uh, and we walked away from last year feeling really good about the event. We were very pleased with how it went. People seemed very happy. You know, we didn't have any you know, major, uh, major snafus or anything like that. So we're already trending in a really good direction. We've got more ticket sales uh, this year than we did this time last year. Um, you know, we're really we're excited to, to bring this to the Capital Region, to bring this to upstate New York. One of our taglines is, you know, this is a, a um, you know, a con, you know, uh, for the fans, by the fans. And I have to tell you that the, the folks who sit in the room to plan this event, uh, gosh, Jim, we're a bunch of nerds. I mean, uh, and, I, and I say that proudly. We are really so excited to bring these people. You know, we, we didn't think we were going to get Alan Tudyk. I mean, you know, that's a, that's a tough get. And when we got him, I mean, we, we, we celebrated. I mean, this is, we are as excited to meet these people as, uh, as I think the fans are, you know, and um, it's, uh, it's really, it's a thrill for us. We're really, we're so excited to be able to do this. 
uh, and to add to, uh, to, you know, to fan experiences, especially in upstate New York, we're, 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 we feel very honored to do it. Well, Alan, Alan and Summer is a is just a spectacular pairing. Right? Oh yeah. Better. I so gotta tell you, but between you and me and and all your listeners, I I, I think that uh, I think that the fact that we were able to get them both, I think that they each, you know, maybe maybe they were a little skeptical, and then they heard, oh, my friend from that show is coming, and I I I think that the fact we were able to get both of them, I think that helped. So we're we're very excited to get both of them. Are they going to be doing a? Uh, can you get a group photo op with the both of them, or are they individual? You know, I don't know the answer to that, Jim. I know, well, definitely at least individual. I don't know if we can get a group photo, but that's a good. I should know the answer to that. Let's go back in time. And I'll pretend that I do. I don't know, but I tell you what, I'm going to find out, Jim. I'm going to let you know so that you can tell your uh, tell your listeners on uh, on your next episode. Um, well, but uh, but I will tell you that that Summer and Alan are going to appear in a panel together. Now, originally, as you could probably guess, the panel was about a particular uh, uh, property that they were both in. But uh, but now we're gonna we're excited to talk to them both at the same time to hear about their sort of their journeys through the industry and some experiences that they may or may not have shared together. We're we're looking forward to to watching that reunion happen live on stage at Proctor's. It's going to be a blast. And uh, you guys, if you're listening, you can get all the information at our, at our page and go to trektalking.com. And right there, the very first post you're going to see is a picture of a stormtrooper playing Miss Pac-Man. And just click on that, and that link will bring you right to the Fandom Fest page. You can order your tickets and find out all the information you want. So it's that easy, guys. You don't even have to do any work. Just just go to our page like you always do and click on the Stormtrooper playing arcade games, and he'll take you right to where you want to go. So it's really easy, really quick, so please check it out. And believe it or not, Mike, we have pretty much burned up our entire hour. This, there's some sort of weird chroniton particle thing that's happening here, Jim, because that was too fast. I feel like singing a song about fandom fans. <laughs> I'll let you take over. I'll let you do that. You know, that's. <laughs> so you, I mean, listen. Go, I know you guys all saw a singing Klingon on on TV last week, but you come to Fandom Fest, word on the street, there's going to be a singing Klingon there too. There'll be another singing Klingon. So um, <laughs> that's right. before we that's go, right. um, we we got a couple minutes left. Uh, so you guys have uh, general admission tickets. Uh, you also have VIP tickets as well, correct? We have uh, so we have a general. You can buy one day passes. You can buy two day passes. So one day. So basically, you're looking at thirty five thirty five dollars or sixty dollars if you want to come to both things. Yeah, excellent. Can can people pick those tickets up at the Proctor's box office? Absolutely, you can stop at the Proctor's box office. You can buy them day of. But of course, we strongly encourage you to go to you know go to Jim's page, go to trektalking.com, click the link to bring you over to fandomfest.org. Uh, you can buy tickets right on our website. You can go to uh, tickets.proctors.org. So you can get them there. Uh, you can buy in the day of. I mean, we we're, listen. We're gonna find a we're gonna find a way to get you those tickets. You just you want them, we'll get them to you. Absolutely. Well, Mike, I want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know planning a convention takes a lot out of you, so I really appreciate you taking some time out to talk with us. Thank you so much. Uncle Jim, it was absolutely my pleasure. I cannot wait to see you and your forehead ridges and your bat lift live in Schenectady on August 26th and 27th at Fandom Fest. I, I will be there. And you know what? If you come up to me and you ask real nice, I might even sing you a song. You never can tell. There it is. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thank you so much, Mike. And you guys can tune in on Thursday night. We're going to have Susie Plaxton on the show who played Kalar on Star Trek The Next Generation, Worf's girlfriend. That's going to be a lot of fun. And we're going to also talk about Under the Cloak of War, which was the Klingon episode a couple of weeks ago. We're a little bit behind because they dropped two episodes on us. So we're a little bit behind. But that will be Thursday night, same bat time, same bat channel. And, oh, we're just about out of time. So I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim Singh. Star Trek fans are the best fans. You better believe it. Please, everybody, and be good to each other. Hailing frequencies are closed. Good night, Mike.
Good night, Jim. Thank you. Let's see what's out there. Engage. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.